Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of SourceFind Asia, co-host of Main China Podcast, and the host of the SourceFind Asia YouTube channel. Back with another one. So this episode is a little bit, it's a throwback. It's literally maybe a little bit over three years old. So I have this tradition in, in Hong Kong because I, whenever I fly internationally, when I say internationally, I mean like long distance flights. So like if I'm flying to Dubai or Zambia or Canada or, you know, wherever, I would fly from Hong Kong because the tickets are usually cheaper. In fact, not usually, they're always cheaper. Even even short distance flights like Hong Kong to Manila, which is like two hours, you can get tickets as low as $50, $60 and maybe return a return ticket for like $120, $150. In fact, the average would probably be like $150. Whereas like China, the tickets are usually like maybe 10, 20% more expensive. So it would be like $80 to, you know, 180 200 for the same flight and if you're talking internationally so Guangzhou to Dubai will be like a thousand two hundred dollars but Hong Kong to Dubai would be like 800 return by the way in fact Dubai would be even much less than that but anyways you understand my point is like if you're buying an international plane ticket from Guangzhou to anywhere else versus Hong Kong to somewhere else if it's like a thousand dollars from Guangzhou it's going to be like 700 or 800 dollars from Hong Kong so whenever I fly internationally, I usually go to Hong Kong first. And a lot of times I have to go to Hong Kong anyways, just because I have like business there and people to meet and stuff like that. So I have this tradition in the Hong Kong airport. When you go into the airport, you get dropped off at the airport drop off place. It will depend. Yeah, actually, it's the same location. So like if you're coming by taxi, they drop you off and then you have to walk and you go up. If you're coming by train, there's like a airport express line, which stops at four different locations or three different locations throughout the city and it's beautiful man i love taking that there's wi-fi on it it's 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 cheap there's always seating it's clean you get a nice view of the city like it takes at the very most 20 minutes from any place in the city to get to the airport if you take that and it's a direct thing right so you only stop two times or so then you put your suitcases and you just chill so when you get out you're on the first floor technically and then you go to the check-in counters so if you are already checked in which a lot of times that's another aspect of the express line is the hong kong express to the airport like you can um, check in, in for international flights you can check in in advance so you can like leave your suitcases there you get your plane tickets you check in and then you hop on the train so if you're coming from central right which is like central in hong kong so you're going you get dropped off by central subway station you come out of the subway, then you go to the Hong Kong Airport Express. Usually there's no people there because most people go directly to the airport. You check in at the counter, you get your tickets, you check in your bags, all that stuff. Then you hop on the train, the Airport Express line. 20 minutes, you're at the airport. You don't have to go to the check-in. You don't have to deal with all of the nonsense of all the people around there. Then you go downstairs. This is my uh, tradition. I go downstairs. There's two places you could go to. There's like a lounge. I forget the name right now, but there's like a lounge that's like sort of on the way to where you would take the mainland buses so like the mainland express bus that you can take from from the hong kong airport across the border to mainland then this is a super long intro i'm sorry guys but <laughs> then uh if you turn left and walk all the way to the end you'll see a sign that says regal airport hotel it's a five-star hotel so okay so first of all hong kong is expensive in general right like it's just ridiculously expensive second of all five-star hotels are usually more expensive than everywhere else right third five-star uh, restaurants at hotels are usually fucking 
ridiculously priced. And then uh, food at airports are ridiculously priced. So if you combine all of those things, this place is fucking insane in, in terms of their pricing. So the first time I was there, I didn't have that much money. I basically, like, I think I even missed my flight or something like that. And I was taking an international flight. I basically had to, like, kill 12 hours at the airport. And I couldn't afford to go pay for the lounge. So what I did was I went to the, the airport hotel found like, oh, there's not that many people here. That's great. So I sat down there. I ordered water, tried water as much as possible, ordered a little bit of food. And even then, it must, it must have been like, I don't know, French fries, like as a starter. And the French fries were $10. <laughs> 10 US, I'm saying. As a starter, by the way. And then like actual food there, you know, if you're ordering like, let's say a burger or whatever, it's like $15, $20. It's ridiculous. Even if you order a salad, it's going to be like $25 plus. If you're going to go there and eat and have a drink and stuff like that, you should be expecting to spend $100 plus on not that much food. So and obviously at that time, I had less money, right? So and I was on a very tight budget, so I couldn't really do anything. And I just remember sitting there at the time, this is 2015, and just thinking like, this sucks. I can't afford to eat here. Like I missed my flight. I can't afford to stay in a lounge. But I was like, you know what, like, look, next year at the time, at this, at the time when I went that first time, I was just starting SFA and I was still teaching English, except I was teaching English part-time. So that started to scale down my hours and I was investing more time, but not making that money from SFA. So like I was extremely tight budget. My parents didn't even know I'd started a company at that stage. I just like told them I was teaching English in China. I'm sure they were worried about what I was going to do with my life. At the time, yeah, I was making money from English, but it's like, I had already spent quite a bit of money on my plane tickets. I was just about to start SFA. So I was beginning to think about scaling down my hours, you know, putting more budget towards business expenses, even though we didn't have that much expenses at the time. So anyways, I was just like, you know what, like next year, let me, I want to be able to at least come here and have a drink, you know, have some food and not, you know, worry about it. So the next year was 2016. That stage, SFA had been running for probably around, I don't know, eight, nine months. And we were just getting to a stage where I could afford to pay myself enough, kind of like a salary. I wasn't on salary for a long time, but I was I was just beginning to afford to be like, oh, okay, I can live comfortably to a certain extent. We didn't have an office at the time. Our, our apartment was still an office. So I go back to the Regal Hotel restaurant and was able to, you know, buy some food and order a couple of drinks without breaking the bank. And... I think when I made the podcast, I was just in a nostalgic mood and just reflecting on the progress from the past year plus from, you know, moving to China and starting to teach English and then starting the business. Like, because I kind of got emotional. It's probably the reason why I didn't release it at the time. And I think I thought about doing that every year because I still go there every year. Like every single time I travel from Hong Kong anywhere, I usually, if I'm taking an international flight or if I have a layover or I have to be in Hong Kong at the airport for more than two hours. I prefer going to that hotel because it's almost like a status check for me. And also it's never really super busy. That's another thing that I like about it. There's another cool lounge. That place I go to if I need to like sleep, but the lounge is always busy. It's sometimes it's difficult to get a place to sit down. Whereas this spot almost always sit in the exact same seat. I order the almost the exact same meal, exact same drinks, sort of just chill and think about what's happened in the last year or the last time since I'd been and this year I went twice and same thing now it's even like I go there and I'm like yeah I can like buy anything like I'm not worried about it like I could drop whatever hundred dollars or something and I'm just like okay that's fine obviously I don't do that 
you know, just the feeling of that I could. So it's a, it's a nice little status check for me. And that's basically what I talked about in the episode was just how I felt at the time. And uh, if you like this episode, reach out to us, either hit me up at podcast at com or leave a comment on one of the YouTube videos. And then I'll do another, like an updated version of the same episode where I'll, I'll sort of reflect on the last three years in the same sort of emotional state. I'll have a couple of drinks and I'll sit down and uh, <laughs> and I'll get into my emotional bag. So yeah, just let me know if you like it. And I know this has been an extremely long intro, but without further ado, enjoy the podcast. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Rico from the Made in China podcast, and I'm coming to you live from the Regal Airport Hotel in Hong Kong. And just to give you guys a little bit of background, the first time I came to this hotel was, I think, just about a year and a half ago. And at the time, I was studying Chinese, teaching English. I think it might have been around February. No, it was more than a year and a half ago. It was almost two years ago, actually. Yeah. Anyways, but I, you know, I was I was studying English and I was uh, I was studying Chinese, <laughs> teaching English. By the way, I've, I've had uh, this is my second American Beauty, so maybe I'm not as coherent as I usually am. But at the time, I didn't have that much money. That's that's the basis of what it is. is like I was teaching English and I was I was studying Chinese and I was trying to get something started in China, and uh, you know, I was on a budget. My plane ticket was expensive and that majority of the money that I made from my English teaching job, like my full-time salary or whatever. And, uh, you know, the rest of the money that I had was for the time that I was on vacation and then coming back. So then, of course, I knew, like, you know, having not worked for three weeks in China, like during Chinese New Year, and then coming back around that time period, I wasn't going to get the best paycheck when I got back. So you know, I was on, I was on a very strict budget, and I came to this hotel just to kind of kill time. And I had like maybe two beers. I had the cheapest beers on the menu, which in Hong Kong, by the way, the cheapest beers in the menu probably run you, you know, ten bucks a pint. But I just remember being able to be like, okay, I'm gonna I'm just gonna have like two beers because that's all I can afford. And if I have more than that, then you know, <laughs> I'm breaking the bank essentially. And there was a lot of other stuff that happened that time. I remember, I, I think I missed my flight. So I had to, I basically spent 24 hours in the Hong Kong airport. And there's a lot of stuff around that. But the reality is just, I was at a stage of my life where I didn't have that much money and I couldn't plan. I didn't have that much freedom. That's another thing is because I had basically nine to five job and then also teaching, also studying Chinese at the time. But cut to now. You know, December 30th, 2016, you know, I'm a part owner of InterChina or partner of InterChina, rather, uh, potentially owner. We'll see how everything goes with that. But like, I own uh, Sourcefind Asia. You know, I've only got one business partner in that company and building that company from what it was to where it is right now. And then just being in a position where it's like, I'm traveling and I'm able to just throw money in order to be more comfortable. I was actually listening to a Tim Ferriss episode recently and he was talking about the same concept. I think it was like the 17 questions that changed his life. And uh, one of them 
was the idea of like if i can throw money at the situation how would it improve my life so when i think about traveling you know a lot of times when people think about traveling it's like especially for people who have traveled a lot it's like this arduous affair where it's very much like it's uh you know it's a process you're going through different airports you're lugging around a bunch of bags you know you're going through customs like you're losing money you're having to exchange money you're like worried about getting ripped off or worried about missing your flights as so many things and you're worried about turbulence on the flight you sit down on the flight you're in between two fucking people who are snoring like there's just so much stuff that goes into it and the reality is if you're able to throw money at a situation you can make yourself more comfortable and i'm beginning to see that as my business grows and I'm, i mean i don't i don't take a huge salary from the company because we're still a startup but you know i'm sometimes trying to at least allow myself to be a little bit more comfortable than i was a year ago a year and a half ago and i mean one of the things is like i came to this regal hotel and i sat down and i looked at the menu and i remember before my budget was like let's say less than 200 hong kong dollars and now i'm looking at it and i'm like 200 hong kong dollars by the way let me just uh let me just check the exchange rate real quick to give you guys some perspective is about 30 bucks but at the time now it's 25 so that's to put perspective on the situation it's like now i'm looking at the menu and i'm looking at it's like okay you get this for 500 hkd a thousand hkd and i'm like yeah i could do that like it's i'm not really worried about i'm not like well you know if i spend 80 bucks here i'm not gonna have enough money when i get to dubai for food because i have a four-hour layover and like whatever but that time period was like okay my budget for this entire trip is like 50 bucks and i need to spend less than 20 or less than 25 here and then you know 25 over there at this airport and it's just like it's tough man but it's it's kind of cool to be in a position now where i don't have to worry about that and i'm i'm very grateful for that that's another thing that i kind of think about and i think it's a time of the year as well where you kind of get reflective all the things that you've done in the past and i'm just looking at the last two years of my life and it's just i couldn't imagine that i'll be in this position it's it's one thing to want it it's another thing to like actually do it execute on it and then be looking back and being like wow like i actually was able to accomplish what i wanted to accomplish and not to say that i'm at a stage right now financially where i'm 100 percent satisfied I'm, I'm definitely not at that stage yet but that is part of the reason why being in china is so awesome is that you don't really need to make that much money to live very very comfortable like you know if you're paying yourself from a startup two thousand dollars a month like you can have a very good life in, in mainland china very good life but in terms of like what my personal financial goals are like i'm very very ambitious in terms of where i want to be before i either you know step down as ceo or sold the company or whatever it might be and i think that that's still going to take another two to three years to accomplish i think that this year 2007 next year 2017 is going to be a very very good year for us as 2016 was for me but i think 2017 will be like you know we're not just making enough money to pay staff and like live 
comfortably but now we're able to like put in some money into savings or just invest money into marketing or you know things like that like that just certain things that happen when you are at that stage in your business where you recognize that you need to outsource certain uh, skills or specialize in certain skills or things that you just recognize that your your company is not that's not what you specialize in so why not outsource that but you need a budget and then it's not just that you can get stuff done relatively inexpensive if you really are in that startup phase and you don't have that much money for sure but when you are in that phase of your your business where you do have enough money coming in and savings and your expenses are relatively kept the same then you do have to start to invest into higher quality how does a higher quality expenses i mean if whether it's whether it's employees or you know marketing services like now we just hired somebody to edit the podcast for us like it's like things like that you just have to recognize it hey man if we really want to go to the next level we do have to spend more money on these things and not just be so concerned about saving money but paying for higher quality services for me that's where i am right now and i'm very optimistic about next year and i'm very grateful about this last year and i'm grateful for everything that china has taught me in terms of business in terms of life china's fucking crazy man like china's a ridiculous place and the idea that i could come down to china and do what i've done in this time period is like one it's i mean i guess it's validation for myself because of how i think about myself or some of the goals or ambition that i have and i'm uh, again i'm not there yet like i have very very high expectations for myself i mean some of the things i've i've kind of chilled on because of doing meditation and like realizing that wanting to be a billionaire is like purely ego like i don't need that sort of validation or wanting to make x million by 30 again is pure ego ego uh, that is that thing where people have always been like hey you know rico you, you know you're so mature for your age uh, that kind of stuff so it's kind of put undue pressure on me but now having run two companies at 24 put things into perspective for me where i've really started to analyze like what is actually making me happy about being an entrepreneur rather than what i thought was going to make me happy it's a big thing like i think it's very difficult for you to understand what it's going to be like until you actually do it so like to say hey you know when i start a company i want to freedom all the stuff and then when you actually do it and you know initially it's great at least in my experience and then business year too is like you have to grow up you have to systemize more you have to learn how to manage staff you have to deal with a lot of things that you have never dealt with before at all like business year one you might have web design skills you might have skills in terms of how to organize things or just generally dealing with customers or whatever like you can do that you can handle that because it's the first year you don't have that much to do but when it gets to a stage where you can't do everything yourself and then you have to teach other people how to do it that is one of the most difficult things to replicate across the board and that is a challenge that i have constantly and then you have to manage time you have to manage expectations you have to manage your own personal life you have to manage 
your staff's happiness to a certain extent and motivation like those are things that you have you have to be thinking to yourself you have to manage the projects in general so i mean it, it does become quite a bit much and then if you're doing that with two different businesses you know that that is something that i didn't anticipate and you know i've learned from that and i think i'm gonna mike and myself we're gonna talk a little bit more about what you know the, the stresses are of doing business and where the pitfalls could come because i know we do you know mostly like hey you know this guy is successful and breakdown of why this person became successful but it's a, it's a, a very important sub- subject to talk about is just the negatives or the stress that comes with doing this and i think a big part of the reason why i haven't felt as comfortable talking about it is just because i felt guilty about it before because i always i want to do this i want to do this i want to do this and it's like be careful what you wish for not that i don't want to do this but it's it's also good to really understand what the negatives are like we always look at the positives we think oh it's just going to be a grind hard work hard work hard work and then you make money and you're on the other side you don't have a boss you make a lot of money yeah sure that's that's true if your business becomes successful but at the same time it's like there are a lot of things that you don't anticipate that you have to deal with whether it's again depending on the type of business that you're in but like whether it's issues with uh your staff issues with clientele issues with some of the businesses that you work with whether it's realizing that people have certain expectations from you and you can't you know necessarily like realizing that when you run a company you're working full time until you can get to a stage where you can automate and systemize your business you're working full time you're always on call there's no checking in and out of that business you're always going to have stuff that needs to be done something stuff that needs to be addressed you're always going to be answering questions you're always going to be dealing with this issue with that employee at 9 p.m. <laughs> like i was just before i got on this i was in slack replying to questions from my staff about things that you know about certain projects and things that i felt like could be more systemized and handled in simple questions but the reality is like yeah you know when you're that point person you're always on call so you know that's something that i want to talk about more moving forward but back to the happy thoughts yeah i just i just feel very very grateful and this is um something that i try to do actively is like whenever i'm at the hong kong airport is come down here and it, it is a very good marker in my life and my progression because i think i've done this like four or five times and every single time i've done this i've been in a different stage of my life so like when i talked about the first time i was very very much on a budget the second time it was like i still on a budget but you know i just came back because it was like comfortable i just wanted to be in this environment because it's the name of the uh, bar is the china coast bar If you go through the airport you have to go down two floors to get to to the bar. You know, in w- one hand it was like I'm on a budget and I came down and I like the environment and I was like, oh, you know, I'm in Hong Kong in the airport like this is international travel, you know, there's this there's that aspect of being like young and being like, oh, this is what it this is what it means to be a jet setter. You know, it's like that thing, but then the next time you go, you go like, oh, fuck, man. I wish I had enough money to pay for some of the stuff on this menu instead of being so limited. But at the same time I want to be around this like and it makes me more ambitious. 
and then you know the next time i came it was like okay so i can actually order food but i can't like get exactly what i want but i can order some food from the menu and like get a drink and chill and then now i'm at a stage where it's like i can get whatever the fuck it is i want on the menu for sure no problem however i don't know if i could afford to stay in this hotel but i could have come down to hong kong yesterday for example and then stayed in this hotel and then you know spent the night in the hotel and like had been comfortable and like just came downstairs or whatever to catch my flight and you know every time i do this it's like a marker you know every time the first time it's like i'm on a tight budget next time it's hey i have enough money to do this next time it's hey i can buy the food or next time it's like hey i can afford everything on the menu but then next time it's like i want to be able to afford to stay in the hotel get a nice room in the hotel and then come down and eat and have drinks at the restaurant and then go for my flight and i mean i'm seeing the progression so it's like i have no doubt that i'll be able to do that probably in the next uh, i'm just gonna be conservative and say in the next year Uh, i was gonna say six months but like i don't wanna i don't wanna talk that talk (laughs) but yeah in the next year i feel like they should be in a good position so enough of my ramblings i'm not sure if any of you guys even finished this fucking podcast but like what i want to say to you guys this is just i keep on saying this a lot i've said it in the podcast many times i'm not special all of my friends are not special except maybe one or two people who i'm like you dudes are fucking geniuses but like the reality is we're not exceptional people for some reason whatever dominoes lined up in our lives that got knocked over and then led us to china or led us to whatever self-improvement rabbit hole we jumped down that's what led us into these positions of being relatively successful budding entrepreneurs like my friendship circle is like everybody's under 30 except one guy and everybody's started their own companies and two guys were in colombia for six months another guy's in vietnam three guys are in thailand a couple other guys are still in toronto but like there's a reason why that is and it's just like we you know we gravitated towards each other but again i don't feel like we're exceptional people i think we just took a chance and i want you guys if you're listening to this podcast and you want to start your business take a chance like listen to the stuff that we talk about tap into the resources that i've mentioned before join the forum surround yourself with other entrepreneurs who've done what you want to do it's really that simple and then just go there go show up show up in the place like whatever it is if you think that you want to be a, a tech entrepreneur go to fucking san francisco go to silicon valley just go there you know if you want to make physical products if you want to be successful in that arena come to china just do it if you want to be a location independent person go to fucking chiang mai go to chiang mai is the main place right now you know go to the philippines go to back in the day it was bali like go to these places go where those hubs are just meet them meet the people ask questions make connections see how they started where do i start what's the first step like there's enough literature in the internet for you to have a good idea of how to start and then i think the bigger thing is surrounding yourself with people that are actually doing it or have done it because it's one thing to read something it's another thing to actually be hanging out with somebody else who who's done that so that would be my advice to you guys because i mean that's what 
helped me get to the stage. And I just hope to keep on growing, hope to keep putting out consistent podcast episodes now that we've hired Vlada. And that's it for me, man. I could go on for hours talking about random stuff, but <laughs> it's not going to be as much value. Uh, but uh, yeah, happy 2017. Please, please, please do what you want to do. I really don't understand when I meet people and they say that they're not doing what they want to do and then they make excuses because they're scared. And I look at myself and I'm like, well, I was fucking terrified to move to China. But, you know, there is thousands, hundreds of thousands of people have done what we want to do. And there's enough information and data out there to pretty much just follow their road. I haven't invented anything myself. I'm just following the map that other people have laid out in front of me. I know, of course, making my own tweaks and changes here and there. But the reality is like all of the stuff that you want to do has been done in some way, shape or form. And you just have to follow that. So that's it. Have a happy new year. Good 2017. And if you want to find me, reach out to me. That's info at sourcefindasia.com. When I listen to previous episodes of the podcast, that's sourcefindasia.com slash made in China. And we need those reviews, people. iTunes reviews, if you're listening to it, listening to the podcast on a regular basis, it's going to help us a lot in terms of getting new listeners, increasing the budget for the podcast, like if we see that growth. And uh, that's it. So, cheers. Cause I don't write shit, cause I ain't got time. Cause my second minutes, I was go to the almighty dollar in the almighty power of that chopper, sister, brother, son, daughter, father, motherfucker, copper. Got the Maserati dancing on the bridge, pussy popping, tell the coppers, ha 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 ha. You can't catch them, you can't stop them. I go by them goon rules. If you can't beat them, then you pop them. You can't man them, then you mop them. You can't stand them, then you drop them. You pop them, cause we pop them like over red and bop. Motherfucker, I'm ill Yeah A million here, a million there Sicilian bitch with long hair with